The Fake Show is brought to you by Threads of Envy, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Ricky Lee Jones is a two-time Grammy Award winner, including Best New Artist in 1980, whose career spans five decades now. She has graced the cover of Rolling Stone magazine twice. Her debut album peaked at number three and spawned this top five hit single, Chucky's In Love. She is back with a new album and tour as I have the legendary Ricky Lee Jones on the line right now. Thank you, Las Vegas. How are you? Welcome to the program. I have a 40-year crush on you. Oh, thank you very much. How long have you been in Las Vegas? Oh, gosh, probably 30 years now, yeah. You got an accent, maybe Chicago area? Very good, very good. I am from the Midwest, actually, from the Milwaukee Racine area in Wisconsin. You know, those A's. You can't ever get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on your new album, Pieces of Treasure. I just listened to the first single, Just In Time. It is lovely, and it, your voice is so wonderful against those vibes. Isn't it? It's some, something magic to happen. You know, the, the command and vulnerability, he just ties it all together and makes it uh, sparkle. He's a genius, I think. Who Mike is, Benieri, the five. Okay, yeah, he's the vibraphonist, I guess. Um, Benieri is 84 years old, too. A lot of the cats on this record are just well into Social Security. <laughs> and I, I was just, you know, sitting around listening, going, look at what we can do if they don't force us to retire. <laughs> That's right. Well, and you're you're reunited with your uh, longtime friend, producer, Russ Teitelman, who you collaborated with on your first two albums. How wonderful is that to be working with Russ again? It was life-changing, you know, to have someone who has such confidence in me, and, you know, and, and so loving, and also know how to work with the great musicians to get them to play with a singer, because players who play together, they just talk to one another instrumentally, but the singer, that's something else, and, and uh, they were magnificent. They were so respectful, and um, yeah, it was a reward. It was a great, great session. Russ Teitelman, he set it up. He's a real producer in the old school way. Not a guy, you know, and God bless him, but not a guy who sits with a computer and constructs things. He works with living human beings and makes great Music. Well, and I don't know what it is about his production, as long as we're talking about that, but there is such a great live feel to this album, isn't there? There is. Well, it is live. You know, we do record live. I'm in a booth, but um, the interaction between everybody is is contingent upon how I'm phrasing stuff. So they're not just playing and then I'll sing. It's a live thing. But they got that great sound because the players were in the room with one another. And um, only the drummer and the vocalist is, are isolated. So it is an intimate, close-up, quiet, sounding record that's, that's kind of both energized and easy. It, it, it's a, I think, you know, I love it. I think yeah. people are really going to like it. Yeah, yeah uh, ju- I'm so glad you did Just In Time, because I have Nina Simone's version of that in my collection, and your take on it is just so nice. Thank you. You know, I 
thing, I got the idea to do it about two years ago. I was on tour with my little band, and they're not jazz players at all, but I got, I got them to learn the song, and we did it, and I don't know where we were, Amsterdam or something. And it was, I just knew that was the, there's always a center rock that the others spring from, and I knew that was um, the beginning of a jazz record, just in time. And I could also find a way to make it very airy and personal. Uh, I just found my way into the whole album through that song. Um, do you feel like you're at an age uh, with experience and everything else where you know how to deliver the textures of these songs, say, maybe better than the ni- 1980 version of you? Yeah, yeah, I think the 1980 version of me was about what I was feeling, and um, I loved the drama of the big notes. And um, this one, I'm... You know, or this age, I'm much less interested in my life in the drama of the big notes. I just like the I like the intimacy, and as you said, the careful attention to every vowel and consonant, the timber of the notes as they go by. That's where I'm at now. You know, the quality uh, of of the quietness. I have your memoir, Last Chance Texaco. It's actually such a cinematic telling of your family, all the tragedies and triumphs. And I have a feeling that a lot of your songs, at least early on in your career, were were kind of from these stories, yes? I think, you know, everything is so... I think it comes from my imagination. But my imagination is built by the things I felt and the things we did. And then I go in and build a new version of it. And from that, I make songs. So, you know, there might be a loneliness or a fear that that was woven out of reality. But I, I, I think that reality serves art. <laughs> That's all. It's yeah. not the other way around. I use what I... You've done such great work, whether it's jazz, uh, blues, you know, the ballads and everything else. Were the jazz standards, was that something that you've loved ever since you were a young girl? Can I just say this? I just had this idea, you know, we think of the past as past, and and then each new moment in separate, a new moment. But I feel like when you make a great record like this, it can shine a light on the ones from the past so they have a different position and you understand them differently. I have the feeling that this potent and sweet jazz album can put things like Flying Cowboys or Pirates, you understand even, people will understand even, I will understand even better Uh the music I wrote, you know. I think it's a collection, it's a life collection, these albums. In answer to that, I have all, my father's son, who was a kind of jazz singer in the fashion of Frank Sinatra. His father before him was a vaudevillian. Yeah. Played the ukulele and did things like Sunny Side of the Street. So this kind of sophisticated music that is not singing on the beat, singing in back of the beat, the la da 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 you know, that's in the family for, for many generations. So I could use a little bit of that in a pop song like Chuck Eats Love, but pop asks something else of you. So um, 
because I was naturally a jazz singer, I brought a little bit of that to my work. Um, did, does that answer? It sure, it sure does. I'm thinking back on those times when you were named Best Artist in 1980 and won Grammys. What did that kind of attention do to you or for you at that time? Well, you know, it's not just attention. It's the whole wave of change. Yeah. The money and the congratulations, you're somebody now. And so... Um, so the attention is fame is its own weird animal. And um, I've been famous most of my life now, so I, I understand that animal, and I'm at peace with it. It's fine, and I don't say, get out of here, I won't sign your autograph. I rarely do, unless somebody comes up you know, to me while I'm having dinner. I might say no, but, but probably not, because I get that that's part of the job. But when I was a kid... Um, I was, I was ruffled, you know, um, it makes you puffed up. <laughs> uh-huh. There's a thing that you have to adjust to, like a brassiere that's too tight. You, you <laughs> got to figure out how to wear it. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Ricky Lee Jones has some of the most moving music in Americana, and we get to hear more on Pieces of Treasure, available April 28th. The new single, Just In Time, is on iTunes and the other platforms, and the live stream, which we're all looking forward to, April 7th. Ricky, so nice to talk to you. It's just an honor. Stay well, and good luck with everything going forward. All right. Take the desert up there. Will do. She sounds so happy and ready to get back on the road again. Uh, You can see that live stream, by the way, on April 7th by going to flymachine.com slash events for more. Well, that finishes this episode of The Fake Show Podcast. I'm Jim Tofty. Thanks so much for stopping by. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com. Fake Show.com.